Hey, very good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be. My name is Sean. I'm Alex. And this is Sven. This is Sven. And we are back with another episode of Season 3, Coast of Kings Radio. For those who are wondering where we've been, uh, we've been at work. We've been working. So uh, we were a little bit, you know, delayed for a couple weeks getting these episodes out. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Busy life. And honestly, you know, with travel restrictions still kind of locking us all up in our native countries or wherever we are located, we can't really travel a whole lot right now. So we're... uh, just kind of hanging out at our home parks, but there hasn't been too many exciting things to necessarily record podcasts about until today. Until today. Because today, we rode Velocicoaster at Universal Orlando mm-hmm. Resorts Islands of Adventure. New it was amazing. Intamin. Yeah. A little spoiler. I mean, this is going to be spoiler full. Oh, yeah. Just like a heads up. Yeah. So, it's, like, if you're yeah. not ready to told what's going on with what i mean at this point it's yeah. like it's hard to escape i yeah. feel like my facebook feed is philosophers and philosophers and philosophers yeah mm-hmm. you already know what happens in the queue because everyone's posting about the pictures queue. of the queue and mm-hmm. but yeah we'll dive into that and whatnot before we do that um we're gonna do a quick dive into what we have on the website currently we uh, restarted a throwback series which kind of goes over trips <laughs> that four months later <laughs> our second I know, installment it's, it's, throwback it's series. seriously been it's been a year but um so we have a new episode, uh, new article live about Liu Vu Village that Alex went to in Taiwan back in 2015. Mm-hmm. So that's something you definitely want to check out. And then our how-to series um, continue with a new installment where we talk about U.S. regional parks, um, what to do, what to bring, how to plan. May you do like a coaster road trip through the U.S., um, especially for people that are used to being able to access parks by public transit and other countries around the world, that is by far definitely not an option yeah. in the U.S. So, one tip, one spoiled tip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, I think how we'll do it today is, we have Sven here. Obviously, Sven's in Belgium, and he's locked up in his country right yeah. now because of COVID. So, he didn't ride Philosophers nope. with us. Nope. So, what we're going to do... We have, next week, he's going to ride, ride Conda. Conda. Yay! The other big intimate. So... Mm-hmm. We're going to trade off. We're going to take turns. Sven's going to yep. interview us on our Velocicoaster experience. And then our next podcast, we will be interviewing Sven on his Conda experience. I am so curious because I feel like mm. the rides look nothing alike. You know, like obviously they're instruments yeah. and the track style, the trains, but like they are just different kinds of products. And we realized that today, too, is like Velocicoaster, you know, it's just a completely different breed of. Skyride. Isn't that their marketing? Or, like, like a different oh, yeah, that's probably, coaster. That's probably what they call <laughs> it. Also, the apex predator of, of roller coasters. coasters. <laughs> wow, universal marketing. <laughs> yes, instilled. Um, but yeah, we can um, we just dive right in. Mm-hmm. The uh, the experience started with. Uh, Long story short, <laughs> panic attack came first. Yeah. So first of all, we. A couple days ago on the pass holder pages, there was like a fake email, well, incorrect email sent out yeah. with a RSVP they prematurely launched for an previews. Email. Yeah. And I saw that and I was about to walk into work. So I was like, I have this sneaky suspicion that the moment that it actually becomes official, I'm not available to go make any reservations because it's always busy. So I sent Alex all my information. I was like, just yeah. in case you get an email about like signing up for. You know, pass holder previews. Here's all my pass yeah. holder information. I got lucky because I was on a break and was literally scrolling through Facebook when I saw on the Universal Orlando pass holder official Facebook page that they had dropped the link for registration. A lot of people were like, I never got an email. They said they sent emails. Email. We never got emails either. And I get <laughs> I literally emails. literally followed a link oh, wow. like as it was posted on the Facebook page. And I went in and I had 
Sean's past information and my information and got us RSVP'd for Tuesday, May the 4th. Be with you. Star Wars Day. Star Wars Day. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. We actually tried getting Hollywood Studios reservation for today, but that no. wasn't happening. Yeah. Somehow I'm not surprised. <laughs> I don't know if I put two and two together when we were trying to make a reservation for today, but now it kind of makes sense. So like how did it work? Those. You had a reservation uh, on your phone or something, and you had to go to the entrance of the ride? Yeah, they emailed us a confirmation with our names a QR code. Our time slots are past type, and then an attached confirmation page, like PDF. Yeah, with like a, a PDF with a you know, QR, code code. QR code. And um, we we didn't want to tempt fate with this. We we almost didn't get to go because I was stuck halfway across the country. In El Paso, in Texas. In El Paso, Texas. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yesterday, our fl- my flight was delayed over five hours. Um yeah, I was like, talk about that panic attack. It wasn't we necessarily like, making a reservation. Was, like, it was last night when I realized we were, that we really, may not be able to go. 24 hours ago, we were like in our own personal hell, like <laughs> trying to figure out First how this problems. was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but miraculous, there were so many delayed flights. There was tornado warnings mm. in Atlanta airport. So the Atlanta airport connections, everything was delayed. So, but even though we got in from El Paso five hours late, um, there, there was, was still one flight super to Florida. Delayed fl- there was two. There was a Fort Lauderdale flight at 1 a.m. Yeah, and a Jacksonville, Florida flight at 1.25 a.m. And we got in at around midnight, and the Jacksonville flight was, was perfect, and there were seats. So I was like, all right, going to Jacksonville. Sean drove. Yeah, up. I had been up since 6 that morning <laughs> yeah. because I didn't uh, anticipate Yeah, Sean was awake for to Jacksonville. 20, <laughs> a complete 24 hours. <laughs> so we got home from Jacksonville at like 5 in the morning and took like a just a real quick nap, like a 90-minute like a disco nap because um, we wanted to be punctual for Velocicoaster. And what was the... After Hagrid. What was the time slot? It, 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Yeah, 10 a.m. Okay. We have been seeing a lots of complaints that people had wait, had to wait forever for security yeah. and for temperature checks, and some people missing their time slots and not being allowed in. And we, and then, we had read that people were missing their time slots by like a few minutes and not being allowed in, and we were like, but then we had been reading people were getting let in multiple times, or that the staff were really lenient, and we were like, we don't want to take any chances. Well, like, we even called Universal, which was a whole <laughs> different a total journey. Fiasco. <laughs> um, if you're if you're thinking about calling the guest services line for Universal, like. Our, my advice would be don't and find some other way to like as a last resort give them a call but I almost feel like you're probably because for a minute we were trying to move our time slot to Wednesday or yeah. to later in the day today first they said that it wouldn't be necessary and that we could show up with our reservation and we could get in whenever we wanted and I was like that sounds kind of fishy like can I get that in writing? Yeah. Basically, I was like, can I get that in an email so that I can show that to the team members when we get there on Wednesday? Because at this point in the game, we were thinking that Tuesday, our original reservation mm-hmm. was absolutely not going to happen. Um, and he went to talk to his supervisor, and then he, and he put me on a brief hold. And after he was all like crestfallen and sad, and he was like, actually, uh, we can't do that. You have to, your time slot, your window, your day, like, you have to show up for that exact time slot. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like, I was sad but not surprised mm-hmm. that that was not the case, what he told me originally. But I'm glad I double-checked because I was yeah. like, well, if we had showed up on Wednesday doing what you said, like, that we could just show up with any reservation. And they told us no, like, it would have been really sad. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, Jacksonville delayed flight came through. Yeah. And uh, I hopped on the car. 
little bit before midnight. Drove to Jacksonville. Yeah. Picked him up around like 2.40. And you saw me land, too. Yeah. Well, yeah, because there was no one else around. Me. Yeah. And, and it was um, like, there's a plane. Because <laughs> there's no way that another plane would be landing. It was like... Literally landed it was at like 2.15 like, a.m. Yeah, it was really early. And then we drove back to Orlando. And then we slept a little bit, came to Universal early. Got to Universal really early, like sat on a nice like table for like half an hour. In Islands of Adventure. Yeah, we were right like in the front of the coaster. Plans. Got on the first, like, I guess the second train of the day. Because the first train of the day we went out with like front row, back row only. <laughs> and oh. then um, we took back row on the second train out of the day. Um and, yeah, from there, it went really smoothly. The team members were so friendly, accommodating, excited. So it was honestly like kind of like a rewind of when we tried riding Hagrid's on opening day because mm-hmm. then our flight to Florida was delayed oh, yeah. to, like, 2 or 3 in the morning. And so we showed up at Universal. Like, we showed up in Tampa and then drove straight to Universal. Yeah, we got to Tampa at, like, midnight and then drove to Universal. No, not at midnight. Or, we didn't even leave till 1 a.m. out of Boston that night, remember? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we... It, we we cut it very close. Anyway, we have too. this thing where like we always basically every time Universal <laughs> opens a new ride and like we we make plans to go, there's like a five hour flight delay for me for my work, <laughs> and then we have to figure out a way to like keep the plans alive. So, but however, but this totally time you didn't it. have to wait for five hours. Yeah, this time or yes, yeah, seven, hours. seven hours for Hagrid. Seven for Hagrid. Hours. Okay. This time it was literally it was, like seven minutes. This ride we we walked on. We rode. We were able to ride twice actually. Because mm-hmm. we got we, front row, back row credits. We because we were but. so early at the beginning uh, on the front end of our time slot. We got off the ride. We were at the exit um, with our friends Sarah and Amber, who met up with us, colleagues of mine. Um, we were like, our time slots aren't over for another twenty minutes. Like, what if we just played dumb and walked back around? And if they say no, it'll be like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was like, you know, unlimited rides for half an hour, <laughs> not like one ride inside of the half hour slot. So we walked up, and um, the, the I'm like, we, we even talked to the exact same team member before, and he just he just played dumb. I mean, it wasn't we, busy though. Yeah, like, it wasn't it, the it first was, time slot. I bet some people were getting there yeah. late because later it seemed a lot busier. We um, and, and <laughs> so he scanned all of our passes, and he's like, I saw nothing. <laughs> and then we got to the entrance of the ride. And the, t- the team members were like, welcome back. And we're like, you've never seen us before. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> this is our first ride, And so obviously. did you get to choose your seats then? Yeah. Yes. Well, the front row had a really long line, mm. about 20 minutes. So like, when we tried riding in the front, they were like, oh, no, the line's too long. But yeah. then we kind of just but then I was wiggled like, away. But then he was like, well, the back seat's the best seat. And we were like, we probably agree, because we rode the back seat first, and we walked right on. But we we told the team member when he suggested we sit in the back. I was like, we already rode in the back. Can we please ride in the front? And he was like, Yeah, I didn't. Was like, okay. okay <laughs> <laughs> Basically, super the sweet. team members were like super super accommodating on all fronts and like so friendly and so excited. And, like Universal knows exactly what they have with this ride. They're so proud of yeah, it, got a and they should mm-hmm. be. Yeah, uh, because this is like a seismic event of a ride for this region. Yeah, just for a coaster enthusiasts, it's phenomenal. But also, it's like a complete package kind of product. I can't remember. Sort of thing. Like, the really last nice. time the state of Florida opened a roller coaster that was so in tune with the interests of roller coaster junkies, I mean, that was probably like Bush Gardens in the 90s. Yeah. Doing stuff like that, or like Dueling Dragons. Like, it's been literally over 20 yes. years since we got a roller coaster that was such a white knuckle, aggressive thrill ride. 
that doesn't feel like you ride a ride like Hagrid and you're like, oh my God, this is great. And it's so fun. And it's like perfect for families kind of. Yeah. Cause this, we totally, we totally called Hagrid the best coast in Florida. Yeah. We had a suspicion that I wasn't. And we had a, but this is, Velocicoaster <laughs> is not a ride where you get off thinking like, oh, families will like that. Um, Mm-hmm. Even though there definitely will be families who like it, they have to be a, t- a type of a, t- a certain breed of, of <laughs> family <laughs> to be like, oh yeah, that was fun because oh like God. we saw people coming back in the station. Like we saw, I saw this mom and her son, and her son was probably like middle school age. Like people come back into the station like cheering and clapping, and it's like an event every time mm. a train parks. And they, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm clapping. I'm yeah, like I mean, it was it was sensational. Here, but like, this oh. mother. <laughs> This mom riding with her kid, she came back and she was like literally crying because she was oh, wow. so scared, <laughs> <laughs> like wiping tears off her face and her mask was like... I mean, I don't blame her down. though. Like as right. a coaster enthusiast. As a roller coaster enthusiast and we ride, we it's rode this there. and we were like, oh my goodness. Like this I like is, literally screamed a couple of times. It, that's really unusual Our first me. ride was truly terrifying. <laughs> but should we start at the entrance? Yeah. We yeah. We'll start, yeah. Okay. Um, what was your favorite part of the queue? Oh, that's a really hard question because the well, queue is. Let me start with one thing that we found out right after we left is that the statues when you enter the plaza for Flossicoaster mm-hmm. are actually paying homage to dueling dragons. So oh, they're yeah, like fire and ice dragon way. that they're oh, like and one has yeah. its tongue out. at each other. So the one with the tongue out is supposed to be like yeah. the ice dragon representation. The one that's looking up is supposed yeah. to be dragon, like the fire one. It's so cool. So that's really that's cool that awesome they kind detail. of brought back. Yeah, the the yeah. creative director, his name escapes me, Greg. But he, um, yeah. the, the the person in charge of the creative direction for the ride tweeted about that and how it was a direct homage to Doing Dragons, which is, which is, I feel like Velocicoaster is the true spiritual successor to Doing Dragons in the sense that, like, mm-hmm. it's the thrill coaster that replaced that attraction, whereas Hagrid was the literal replacement, um, just occupying the spot. But now it's like we finally, the natural order of roller coasters has mm-hmm. been restored uh, for Islands of Adventure. We're back to five. Do you consider it a worthy replacement? Yes. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, doing dragons was great, but it it was it had terrible sight lines, mm-hmm. and it once they also stopped, at the end of the day having like a six train high thrill roller coaster in the back of the park, it just you know doing. I mean, about it we could do a whole a podcast mistake, on why but, doing dragons mm-hmm. was an ill fated attraction from the start. But the the long short of it was is having two virtually identical roller coasters with the same very niche appeal you know, strictly thrill seekers mm-hmm. over 54 inches kind of was, was especially back when it opened like late nineties. I mean, yeah. it was, you know, people I mean, weren't when we quite went, as used. We went in 1999 and like the parks, I was a venture struggled with attendance the first couple of years for Mark because of marketing issues and mm-hmm. like doing dragons. I mean, they couldn't fill the trains on doing dragons <laughs> that first summer we were in, we were in peak. It was August 20, 1999 and doing dragons was sending out half empty trains every dispatch because there just wow. wasn't enough people to fill them. But yeah, favorite part of the queue. Um, there is a part of the queue where the train run, like the second launch has windows alongside of it, mm-hmm. and so the train launches by, and then there are projected raptors yeah. running after the train. Yeah, that's yeah. really clever. You know what? Um, I'm going to draw a little parallel here to Tron, and that's because aesthetically speaking. They did a lot of things that Tron kind of did when it comes to the lighting packages, the shaping, the use of LEDs, and then even like using the train launching past the window yeah. and then projecting on it. Yeah, that's what it that's did for what Tron. Tron does. What with Tron does the, that too. Uh, the little pre-show sequence. 
So, uh, um, but very, very clever. And, and I very guess the color is a bit too, right? To- yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, like if you look at some it's of the black, pictures, it looks like and light blue. part of the entrance. Like, cause, so what? what's kind of unique about Philosopher's entrance is it's really large. And then the switchbacks are out, like technically outside, but they kind of make their way inside. It's very There's no grand. Like, There's a entrance, gradual transition you know? into the enclosed. But a majority of the queue, like the the queue that we waited in, it was almost entirely yeah. There's a lot indoor. of indoor queuing, which is nice. Lots of indoor queuing and, and climate controlled spaces. But yeah, there's a ceiling, and it looks a lot like kind of like the canopy for Tron, except for yeah. not necessarily the hexagons. You could um, tell they did their homework. They, I think, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty they confident. They around. They knew what they had to find. Sent and some people to Shanghai <laughs> so that they could take their notes. Um, it's brilliant, really, because now they've got this ride that. Um, a lot of aesthetic reasons uh, expounds on the kind of thing that Disney was going for with Tron. Mm-hmm. And now when Disney World opens Tron, it's going to feel like uh, like maybe a, a more rudimentary version of what some of the I mean, Tron will were. always have the benefit that it's going to, it has that giant show building. Yeah. There's always mm-hmm. darkness. There's definitely some things that I can really sense are designed for nighttime operations for Philosopher Coaster, and you really didn't get enjoying it during the day, like, I'll yeah. be honest. There's a couple things I saw while they were testing that you have no idea exist during the day because, you know, it's light out. So mm-hmm. at least that, that's the benefit Tron will have is having an indoor section. But, yeah, um, so that's definitely a couple. That, that's one of my favorite things in the queue, and I'm sure everyone's seen the picture by the time they listen to this. Yeah, mm-hmm. the other the major standout was grooming the, stations yeah. for the yeah. Velociraptors. It's really quite genius because really the animatronics are right right in front of you. Like, you can reach out. It's honestly a really them. small so room. Close. In pictures, I was expecting it to look larger, like stables mm-hmm. kind of situation. It's a very intimate. It's very small. They're, like, right there. It's an intimate, intimate. An intimate, <laughs> intimate. <laughs> you walk through. Intimacy. And there's two sets of two little holding areas for the raptors and it's really quite smart because these are very detailed audio animatronics that you can like reach out and touch practically they're right mm-hmm. there um but the fact that they're restrained limits their movement mm-hmm. if they wanted to have animatronics of velociraptors in the queue it would be really hard to do that well without if they in. if yeah. they were like in like a little pen or something like yeah. right like there's just no easy way to do that so this was a really clever choice. Also, they're, no, the, the Velociraptors on the ride, all four of them, are static. They're because static. you fly by on an intimate coast. So like yeah. there's, there's no need for them to move. So I think they really wanted something that kind of like breathed life into it, yeah. literally. And so mm-hmm. they're there like breathing, the, rolling their, their eyes, eyes, looking at you. And facial very movements. Cool. And just like there's the very, it's a very, it reminds me fondly of like the stormtrooper animatronics on rise of the resistance where like the movements are very subtle mm-hmm. and it's, it's enough to fool you into thinking that it's actors because hmm. sometimes animatronics like sort of overact. Yeah. It's always those hands and there's arms a lot of like hand. Flying flying I mean, Kylo, Kylo Ren <laughs> is guilty of that. He's always speaking with his hands during rise of the resistance. Or, or no, whatever his name is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a yeah. uh, smuggler's run. But yeah, the, the Raptor animatronics in the queue were, is so expertly, uh, executed, I think, because they really do feel realistic in a way that also that wasn't. They didn't create so much challenge for themselves of creating a realistic dinosaur animatronic in a queue. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, these guys are going to be restrained. Their movement is like li- limited to a few centimeters, basically, mm-hmm. but it allows the details and stuff of the of the dinosaurs to and their facial expressions and things to really come through so that was that's that was a smart 
And another thing that's really smart is the lockers. Yeah. One of the best things about the queue is just how incredibly smart the infrastructure is. The lockers are built into the queue, but they're two-way. So, like, you put your stuff in a locker with your... Everything Mm -hmm. has to go in there. You can only have, like, your park ticket or pass on you. And then when you exit the ride, you're on the other side of the lockers, mm-hmm. and you just open them from the other side. There's no, like, blending of the crowds anymore, yeah. which has always been yeah. a problem at Universal. Like Arthur it's really and, uh, incredible. Park. They do that, too. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah so that was like, really like refreshing Baron for Universal. Like, and Baron, like, too. Rides yeah, with the, yeah like I like Baron. Valet, um, yeah. you know, locker cubby type things. This is the first time we've seen anything like this in the United States. Um, and, it, yeah, it's just a really... You go in, you, you go through most of the queue, and then you get to the locker setup. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after the lockers, you go through the metal detectors. Everything is so seamlessly integrated. And then you go upstairs. Then you go upstairs And then there is loading. where most of the storytelling happens, yeah. which we'll get to in a little bit. But yeah. I think that... Anyway, so yeah, I, yeah when you get yeah. upstairs, Before there's a lot of storytelling. Before we jump to that, like, I wanted to, just to know how much of the queue is actually themed then. Is it like... All of it. Like okay. all of it that we saw, there's outdoor over. There's a lot of outdoor queue that we didn't really touch. nicely landscaped and situated mm-hmm. under and around the ride. So you, in a roundabout way, that's themed too. The theme of the roller coaster is that it's a roller coaster themed to a roller coaster. They don't they didn't concern <laughs> themselves too dramatically with like you're a raptor. This is recreating a sequence. It's mm-hmm. like the theme is that you're at Jurassic World. You're at yeah. the amusement park. And people want more and more and, and more. This is so a roller coaster experience. They designed a roller coaster to run with Built to raptors. bring you closer okay. to the animal exhibit. Um, it sort of echoes the theme of Flying Dinosaur at Universal Studios Japan, where the, ro- the theme of the roller coaster is that it's a roller coaster themed. To, like, recreating to flight. A dinosaur. Yeah. Okay. So it's a roller coaster that knows it's a roller coaster. The fact that it's a roller coaster is canon. Um, unlike a ride like Hagrid, where it's technically, you know, it's technically a roller coaster, but thematically, you know, you're on a motorcycle. Yeah. This is a roller coaster that knows it's a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Um, so they kind of, it, it's a, it, it's a nice way for them to allow themselves to build something like this. Cause it's the more roller coaster your roller coaster is, the harder it is <laughs> to tell a story where the roller coaster is playing a part that isn't a roller coaster. Does that make sense? <laughs> <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Um, because, like, when you're at Expedition Everest, it's like you're on a mine train, mm-hmm. you know, Matterhorn bobsleds, you're on a bobsled run. Like, they're, everything in a lot of these parks is about creating a story around a roller coaster type ride. Mm-hmm. Whereas Velocicoaster is like, this is a roller coaster mm-hmm. that knows it's a roller coaster. Yeah. You look at it and you can say, like, that's a roller coaster. I want to add one more thing about the queue, though, because we didn't get to see all of the queue because, you know, it was previews. But most of the waterfront is completely outlined with queue. So mm-hmm. people that are. You know, when when it opens, people are going to be waiting alongside the final barrel roll yeah. and below the top hat and then eventually make their way into the covered part. And then you have all those sequences that we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. like, you know, inside. Yeah. But there's a lot of indoor queuing, which indoor is queue. nice. Yeah, there's the, because, the you know, right when you walk into the, the first part of the queue that's covered has a little... Uh, a fun little pre-show sequence, uh, the big statue with the Velociraptors and roller coaster track um, in there. And then you move through to the hallway that has the launch sequence with the projected glass screens. And then you continue to like a, like a storage room with yeah. lockers with Easter eggs from Jurassic Park and Jurassic World mm-hmm. franchise. Then you go into the stables. Admittedly, the I've, I've never seen the Jurassic World movies. I saw the very first Jurassic I Park. I like Jurassic World. Um, somebody more versed in the Jurassic World franchise would be able to tell you a lot more than I can mm. uh, about the significance of some of the Easter eggs in the queue. But as far as I can tell, it's just a really immersive, mm-hmm. uh, thoughtful queue. 
um, that's very stylish, polished, uh, and has a lot of interesting things going on um, leading up to the coaster. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. And I guess we can also talk about the station itself. So mm-hmm. yeah, you have those switchbacks upstairs <laughs> where there's a giant screen where Claire and Owen, which are you know yeah. characters from yeah. Jurassic World, talk about that's like the new experience for yeah. Jurassic World to bring you closer to you're going to race the <laughs> raptors. Then there's obviously all the stuff that could possibly go wrong um, because, you know, is there a Universal of- ride without it going possibly wrong? <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> Universal's <laughs> always putting you to work, man. Like, you're on vacation, and then, like, Optimus Prime Better is like, you need to save the world, man. <laughs> like, I don't know this isn't what you signed up for, but. We need you your know, bravery. Hey. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, so. for Fruits. Um, and then you move into the station, and the station is really sleek and really modern. Nice. Giant glass window yeah, that floor faces to ceiling the glass panes that face. So you the see the coaster running the through the paddock with the dinosaurs okay. um, from the station. So that's pretty much, and then, well, then you're bored. And then there's really cool little screens that are next to the air gates yeah. that, like, tell you how to board, um, how to not stick it's out like your a hand. Like, it's a very like, nice little pre, pre-boarding Yeah, statement. pre-boarding spiel about sitting down, sit down. So instead of, like, having your, your spiel run, down. it's just, like, on little screens. Yeah, there's so no. So, like, when you wait to board, you no, have, like, a 10-minute, uh, like, 10-second yeah, cycle. there's no announcements or anything. There's no, like, mm-hmm. recorded spiel about and it's just really refreshing because yeah. usually it gets like so blaring, mm-hmm. like you know, here in yeah. the spiel. They had a, they had an, a larger set of switchbacks upstairs right before loading, where I think you'd get a. If this wasn't technical rehearsal, um, you I would assume that the, those switchbacks would be full and that you get a little That's bit more time. That's why tell the story with like, the pre-show okay, with Claire yeah. and Owen. You don't really get the story till you're upstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, as lu- w- as lucky as we were to ride twice, I feel like our time in the queue was still very swift. And not enough. And to, they're only running to, two trains. To total, so like, yeah. they're going to go to four when it opens. Mm-hmm. So the right people, now. people will be moving through the queue at a, at, real, at a real clip because we were moving quick and the ride was only running at half capacity, half theoretical capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so you get to the, the, the trains come in. It's neat seeing the trains come in from the final breaks because the light package is so spectacular, okay. even in the daytime. Yeah, it comes to like a dark tunnel on the way back to the station, so you can kind it of really, like appreciate You really get to appreciate the lighting package um, right from the inside of the ride any time of day. Um, then people come in, you know, cheering, screaming, in tears. <laughs> <laughs> some people were, like, frozen in fear, like, horrified. Some people... I think some people just really like Jurassic Park. They really like Universal. Well, yeah, that's what I was saying. I think that (laughs) dinosaurs are a hot ticket, and like every age group likes dinosaurs nowadays. The height requirement's only fifty-one inches. I think people get fooled into believing it's a pretty gentle ride, but it's by—it's definitely not a gentle ride. Even looking at it, people are like, "Oh, this looks scary," and it's actually scarier than it looks. Like, yeah, I was really impressed because Sven was there when we rode Tagon and our first impressions. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, uh, this, yeah, um, definitely a different beast. Well, that, that's a question that was coming, but I guess we can talk about it now. Is Let's do it. Taron or Velocicoaster? Velocicoaster. <laughs> Sorry, not even a shadow quick, of a quick doubt. Quick list of reasons. Velocicoaster has a bunch of different elements. Like, nothing feels like it's doing the same thing twice. Like, mm-hmm. every single element feels very different. Yeah. Um, the near misses, I think, are a lot tighter on Velocicoaster. I was impressed by how incredibly tight the clearances were. The second half of the ride is exactly as good as we expected. It mm-hmm. absolutely met or it exceeded expectations. The first half of the ride was exceptionally better than we, ex- and than we assumed. Mm-hmm. Really good. Much Full of air. faster 
and more forceful Amazing theme than theme. what we were led to believe based on like our own test footage that we made of the ride kind of meandering its way through at the empty trains. Um, the first half of the ride is, is ferocious uh, in ways that we didn't expect and um, beautifully landscaped. The rock work is awesome. You feel like you're going to get scalped or impaled by the rock work, and I think that's a great quality. Yeah, they have a lot of spiky rocks, which I guess, you know... Makes sense. But they really, they're always place a certain direction so you can um, ride at the spikes. Yeah, I, I, yeah especially Sean. Okay? <laughs> like, well, I was sitting next to him because he's so tall. I'm like, babe, you're going to come back without a scalp if we're not careful. <laughs> yeah, we rode in the back first, and uh, the first inversion is an Immelman, and you get, like, whipped off of that. Yeah. But you're facing those rocks it, that are... yeah. Like, it looks like you're about to get impaled in your head. And is there a height restriction? There There is is not not. currently a height ceiling yet. Yeah, there have been rumors that there may possibly be a height limit. But But I will say that the launches, the rate of acceleration of the launches aren't so dramatic. It's not like people are going to be snapping their necks. They're kind of like Tarun, I feel. Um, But that's doable. And the first launch is is very satisfying. The show sequence is, is fine. The actual, like, thematic sequences on the ride are, are, are maybe a little more uh, mild and straightforward. Like, the queue gave us so much more than I expected, and the ride mm-hmm. doesn't concern itself with as much as the queue does. And I think the main reason is, like, they'd rather tell a story while you're standing than while you're running through that mm-hmm. coaster at a high speed, because there isn't much time to take it in. You can only do so much quick, once you know? you're on the ride, because I think a lot of people are terrified, and they're, <laughs> the time for telling stories is over once you're, like, sitting in the launch sequence, like waiting to take off. And there's people who are genuinely concerned about how this is going to go for them. Uh, so there's, you've got the Raptor paddocks on either side of like the little corrals on either side. Yeah, they're little and they're, and they're getting gates. ready. And then like, there's, there's a, they do warn you with the launch. There's like a, there's a very growing, like swelling crescendo of red lighting of, and of stuff. lights yeah. and, and sound. Well, it's and smart stuff. because the screens are on the side, but all the Raptors take off first. So you, all the raptors are gone, so you're kind yeah. of forced to put your head forward, and yeah. then they launch. So there's definitely like a two, three-second delay between yeah. the raptors leaving, you know, the screens. Yeah, because it's true. They, 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 they have stuff to look at left and right, but they don't want people to really be looking left or right when mm. it takes off. And just, That's like an issue with... Oh, go just ahead, to be sure, is it like the same system of Taron where you first leave the station... You go to yeah. a launch section, you stop, and then you, you park. launch. Yeah. Yes. We actually, you actually go backwards a little bit. Do you? Yeah. You, oh, you pull you you, uh, you you pull back almost like a like a flywheel catch car, except there's no such there's no such mechanism. Mm-hmm. But you do you um, you dispatch into a um, a sheet metal themed like tunnel of sorts that's mm. also echoed uh, in the final breaks. There's smoke and mist. The mist is really meant to kind of obscure the screens. Yeah, the screens are really close to you. I personally could see the tops of the screens really easily. Alex, not as much. So that was one of the conversations we had on the way yeah. home. It wasn't as obvious to me right away that the raptors on either side of us were screens. Hmm. I first thought they were practical effects, but very well obscured by lighting um, the bars on the on the cages of sorts and, and the, the steam. Um, your mileage may vary. I don't have the best eyesight. I was wearing my <laughs> contact lenses, which is always a, a special event for also, me. Also, wrote in the morning, <laughs> so the light was really bright, like shining into the yeah. tunnel. I'm yeah. sure that like on different times of day, you can't really see that, but like the light was really coming in, so you can kind of notice there were screens there, mm-hmm. I guess. But, that's but yeah, just- so you park and then you go backward a little bit, like I want to say like a third of a car length almost. Really? Yeah. 
I can't where, believe where you did Where was that? Maybe it was just like, imagine literally, like we barely even stopped before we went backward. Was, right? And then we took off after the, the full sequence. Um, it was a nice little touch. Launch is good, though, I will say. The launch like, is satisfying. Nice the whole first it. half of the ride is really quite aggressive. Lots of airtime, positive Gs. The inversions are really strong. They fit a lot in a little space. Very um, spaghetti How many inversions yeah. does it have? It has four. 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 Start okay. with the Immelman, and then you dive into a major pointy rock structure sequence, and then immediately into a dive loop that has a bit of a twist in it. And then you have a really sharp. It's a dive loop dive with like a net, with like a quarter turn in it, and then everything after the dive loop is a little bit of a blur compared to the rest of the ride, where every sequence feels very specific. But it's also the hardest part of the ride to see. Well, yeah, I could go through every element if you wanted to. So that, yeah, what happens after the dive so loop? So you exactly. have the dive loop, and then you have a quick, like, sharp turn, yeah. like overbank turn. Yeah, that turns like a very shallow. Hill oh, yeah, there was a the great airtime hill over, like, the waterfall. Then you cross through the rock work, mm-hmm. and you have your first encounter with two dinosaurs, which yeah. is kind of like a switch track mm-hmm. down. Yeah, like a little Then like you a little come around S. again, but, like, you know, another sharp turn, and then you dive even lower. That's what we say that's the lowest yeah. part of the paddock. And then you have two more dinosaurs. Then you come up through the rock work, um, and you make your S-way down to the second launch. Yeah, okay. And then from That's there the part on, of the ride that feels the most Tyrone-like, <laughs> because it's all about swift changes in direction, airtime, yeah. uh, and the scenery, and kind of taking in... The biggest surprise was airtime, because I wasn't expecting airtime. Airtime in the front half, definitely. I really wasn't expecting any air, and there was a lot of it. Frankly, we couldn't tell you, story-wise, what happens (laughs) going into the second launch. We don't understand what happens. Because because we launch into the paddock, and like that's part of what is advertised. And we're not sure if the second half of the ride is... Just a roller coaster, Jurassic World going books, according to plan, or if it's like to represent a sequence where a raptor escapes. Mm. Because the problem is, like in the queue, you see the raptors chasing the train, but mm-hmm. there's not really any explanation on the ride when you leave the paddock, why you're leaving the paddock. Yeah, and when you come back to the station, for example, like the brake runs, which is a really lengthy brake run yeah. section. There's no like raptors that have you know, made it back. Like, did they escape? Are they like yeah, running there's, around? They, like, what, um, the ride does not on? have any onboard audio, but the offboard audio at the very beginning and the very end um, attempt to tie things together. Although the ride, even though the ride has a story, it doesn't have like a beginning, middle, and end. Mm. It's not like a sequence per se. Uh, in the final breaks, there uh, Claire says something about raptors having escaped or. or that there was a si- there's a, si- there's situation, a situation next to River Adventure, which River I think Adventure. references to Raptor Encounter. Yeah. Because Raptor Encounter is Jurassic World themed, and it's next, next to, to River, River Adventure. Adventure. So I think that's what she's referring to. Uh, that's another one that I which think... Which maybe that's what the Raptor ran yeah. to Raptor Encounter. So maybe the second half of the ride represents the Raptors escaping, and now they're like terrorizing people in the park, which ties in with Raptor Encounter. And, and every with, Jurassic movie. And, so. and yeah, so... <laughs> Um, although Claire speaks very nonchalantly about it, so <laughs> if that's the situation, and there's raptors literally running around like eating people and but stuff. But that's I think the whole shtick is that Claire is always like, "This is what we did for you." Claire's, Even though the world's burning, yeah. and Owen's like, "I'm the world's burning." Claire's like, "You know, yeah." And she's like, "You know, it's actually fine." <laughs> she's like, "We made this roller coaster for yeah. you," and he's like, "Why do we do Owen this?" Owen is like, "This is messed up." <laughs> like, this is a mess. And um, so, like, um, do you feel that in? When you talk about the ride and the layout, it feels like it is a very mixed uh, experience of airtime inversions, uh, just some slowing down. But do it does it all, and it does a lot. And is but is there still one? 
something that you'd consider it's m- that is a bit more like it is a little bit more airtime centered or a little bit more inversion centered. Now, um, that's I would what's say so great the is that airtime the balance. The airtime really solid. does feel like it takes center stage for me. Mm-hmm. Um, considering it, the park has four inversions, it shares. Uh, the ride has four inversions. It shares a park with Incredible Hulk, which is seven inversions mm-hmm. and no airtime. Yeah, um, Hagrid doesn't really is not really an airtime ride. Um, really, the only other coaster in the park that has airtime is is like the Mummy, oh, well, Rip Red Rocket, yeah, or yeah, in the resort. Um, so well, from, there is more air. I will say that, but I will say that I mean most intimates, especially you know, they're they're kind of air centric. So yeah. I think if we're gonna talk. On a scale of like this manufacturer, mm-hmm. what they've done, this may be yeah. one of their best balanced products. Yeah, mm-hmm. because like it, I feel like every single moment on the ride is not repeated again. Yeah, and whether it's an inversion or it's an airtime moment or it's like a very strong positive G turn, because there's a couple turns there that like they, they'll slam you back into there's your some seat. Some forces, and so I think <laughs> that's kind of where I'm at is that the balance mm-hmm. is so solid. Like even the turnaround around the bridge, you know, where you yeah. go into the full loop. The double helix. Every element is so different. Even though it kind of looks like it should all kind of run together, nothing feels yeah, even Yeah, even your second lap around that double helix feels different the second time around. Uh, not a moment of this ride feels wasted on doing something that was done better prior on the ride already. Mm-hmm. I want to give a shout out to the little switch track part, which always kind of looked kind of whatever yeah. to me that was a big surprise yeah, the part that's, that was it's parallel to the stall the stall is a huge focal point for this ride it's an enjoyable moment but, but you go through it very fast yeah mm-hmm. um it's yeah it's not so much a highlight as um like it's a really long stall but you go through it so incredibly i guess fast i would say that, that, that really the highlights it. on this ride are not just the airtime moments you expect but the ones that really um are a surprise uh like that mm. that elevated S looking thing that is next to the yeah to the, the stall. I call it like a little switch track where um, like you just move up and over or like and, the airtime yeah. coming off of the Immelman. Um and on a scale of one to ten, how high would you rate the intensity? Uh, I mean, I would rate intensity, it intensity probably I nine. Would rate it quite high. Oh wow! Um, this no, is it's seriously it's, very it's intense. Not, um, it's not X two. You know, it's not going to. Um, yeah, there's always rights. It's are not going to make you fear for your bodily health necessarily. <laughs> Although, according to if you ask some of the people who wrote it, I mean, I've I haven't seen people look quite there so terrified. There are some interesting transitions though, because I find the transition the in and out of the stall to be quite intense. intense. Like you really swing into the, the stall. Uh, the barrel roll at the end, I think, is a really rough. fitting finale. There is a lot of airtime. That you enjoy while suspended over the water. Oh, it wow. Is, it is a really ferocious moment yeah, of out really of your seat time. Yeah, it's a wide element, so you really move from side to side quite a bit on it, that. It, um, kind of like how some rides, like I-305, it, when Intamin does the, like, the 80-degree banking, switch to another 80-degree banking the opposite mm-hmm. side, and you catch that airtime in the process. This does the same thing, but except you're upside down. Upside down. <laughs> um, that was the scariest part of the ride for me. Uh, coming into it on our first ride in the back seat, we it was so violent. Um, it was enough to make you feel like it wasn't you really had this finale. like this uh, out of body moment 
Nice. Um, where like if 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 there was any part of the ride that was gonna eject you, it was this. It was this part. We just say, but but what we say intensity out, out of ten? I give it nine? at least a nine. Yeah. <laughs> and by the standards of the Central Florida crowd, this is gonna be. I would say when it comes to intensity levels, it is. Kind of up there, maybe a little bit below Sky Rush and I three hundred five. because those are just insane. Sky Rush and I three hundred five are verging on painful. Dueling Dragons kind of had the same snappiness, but I would still say this is more intense yeah. than Dueling Dragons. This was this goes right. This is like Maverick level, I think. Yeah, uh, I prefer this over Maverick for various reasons. That my my personal being just the trains, mm. the restraints are so comfortable. It is such a I I've, I will continue to say that Intamin has like the best trains Restraints are interesting in the market though, because they are not like co- exact copies of like they're, and stuff. Yeah, they're, they're very slightly similar different version. the handlebars are like the old very low profile Intamin like drawer pole looking handlebars that so are black. it's not like the metal piece that stick out you can hold on to mm-hmm. it is like you have to hold on to these little yeah. u-shaped they things made some interesting stylistic choices um, but yeah, I would I would put it up there, and I would say that it's more intense than Tauron. Okay. Oh, by far. And uh, right up there with a ride like Maverick. So um, unrelenting, but still comfortable. <laughs> I guess we'll get some new. I almost died reviews on Google now. For yeah. This ride. Oh yeah. Oh, I can't yes. wait to read the review. Yeah, we'll need to do a whole other episode of <laughs> almost ba- good rides, bad reviews. I've already seen a many posts about that. Because yeah, the the, or, the the pass holder pages are cracking me up. A lot of people are like, "All right, well, so we didn't die, but I still felt like we were gonna die, and so like that was a lot for me to process as a person on vacation." So um, the ride is extremely accommodating, so I think for people who were worried that they wouldn't be accommodated by the ride might be having more of these moments where they feel like they would slip out. Mm. Um, or people who are really, like, people who are, like, really skinny, who are like, I don't know if this is, this is enough to keep me uh, in the ride. Like, there's a, there's a myriad of things that people are saying and concluding and thinking uh, based on their ride experiences now because the, the seating configuration and the, the restraint system is such an, uh, a low profile. Mm. Um, especially when you compare it like to a ride like Hulk where, where people, people were horrified. Certain people were with the fact that it was a looping coaster that did this and it didn't have the shoulder harness because seasoned universal pass holder people will associate looping roller coasters with having a shoulder harness. Mm. And then this one does not. And people were like, well, how's that safe? Like, how's that? You know how, you know how the general problem you know can how be yeah. answered, like, okay, like. Lepor, yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, Lepor, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like you'll be fine. I mean, Rip Ride Rocket doesn't go upside down, but it comes pretty close, mm-hmm. and that's a lap bar ride that I feel like is routinely trying to buck you off. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's I, it, it shouldn't be too surprising for some people who are more astute on 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 the on the the horizon of roller coasters, but for some people it was really alarming. Some people I don't think even realized until they got to the station that there was like the lap bar comes from over top, but your feet aren't on not not having your feet on the floor was another thing that was I'm hard for some people. Because I don't have that. There were yeah. <laughs> Sean, Sean's feet are always on the floor. Even on like twisted impulse coasters <laughs> where you just fly right through the station and risk getting your ankles ripped off. Oh wow. Um, some height six two Sean's like, I got you. But there's people who were posting and they're like, I couldn't touch not none of me was touching the ride except for the lap bar and my lap. I wasn't in the seat. I wasn't, my feet weren't on the floor. The whole, right, like it's, it's well, isn't really that being what you're looking for? <laughs> yeah. Well, some people, it's just a lot for mm-hmm. them to process. Yeah. <laughs> and how- even people, 
Oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. How different would you rate the front seat experience from the back seat experience? Yes, I'm so glad you asked moment. us this question, <laughs> So, I'm so, ready. Overall, overall, back seat. Back seat. Best mm-hmm. seat. Um, I will not soon forget our ride on the back seat, because that was the first ride. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's because we had already heard that the back was pretty lit. It was so hair-raising. Like, okay, it was really... The second half of the ride, we haven't talked as much about the second half of the ride, but I think most people were talking about it. Really, the top hat shines whether you're in the front or the back. Yeah, and in the, the front, you get like really nice pop over the top hat before it slows but down. But then you really just kind of slow down. The and views make are down. fabulous. But um, on the back seat, you're The sustained airtime in the back hat. seat over the top hat is fabulous. The, the stall is a front seat element for me personally. Yeah, for me too. Um, but then in the back seat, uh, the rest of the second half of the ride really shines Pretty as much far as the airtime moments. Element, yeah. The barrel roll is just so fiery. It's a spicy barrel roll. It just... <laughs> both times, I, I, I wasn't prepared for it. Come to a sushi place near you. Spicy <laughs> barrel roll. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. When we rode... Um, Steam Racer at Wuchi Sunak, which is Sean's only Blue Fire clone. Mm. Our favorite part of the ride was the little barrel roll at the end of yeah. or the, the Blue Fire roll. Um, Imagine that. I really like that one, too. This is the Blue Fire roll on steroids. Um, it felt like... Okay, I have this awful tendency to go through all the major elements and say if it's better in the front or back, so we're going to do that. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the first inversion, which is the Immelman. The Immelman is a backseat. Backseat ride, because you really sure. get whipped over it towards the and rocks. And you're really charging those pointy rocks that yeah. will stab you. Those You're really taking those on at a high speed if you're in the back of the train. And then the dive loop is best in the front, front. because the way it's shaped is like way wild. Yeah. And so like in the front, you really get thrown all the way around. You've got a lot of speed around. going into it. I was really amazed. Like I did not... I was not in my seat. The six the entire vehicle trains on this ride are long for why the front and back seat ride experiences are so different. And they're long trains for like how close it is, you know, yeah. like it's the same tightness as Tahoe, mm-hmm. I would yeah. say, in the first half. It is an incredibly snug sequencing for And then when it comes to the the quick turns are usually better in the front, but anytime you yeah. go past raptors, I think it's better in the, the back, back because the audio effects mm-hmm. are kind of happening. Like sometimes after the front train already passes yeah. the dinosaur, I find that that's often the case with story coasters. Like we were talking, like like Hagrid and stuff, where you can really miss some stuff when you're uh, in, in yeah, the back. Like yeah. when you're in the back, when you're in the very front, you you kind of get the very front end of a sequence. If there's audio involved, usually the audio is playing out while the sequence is already behind you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Velocicoaster is no different, although it's not as integral. I mean, a ride like Hagrid has like whole dialogue and stuff that you're following along. But with it's as also you're being spoken to you at the same time. Um, yeah, so it's so uh, yeah for the for the for the paddock sequence when you've got the when you're focusing on the scenes and stuff, the scenery, um, the effect like the, dra- the, the dragons, <laughs> the dinosaurs are better appreciated <laughs> in the back. But I feel like the landscaping might be something that you can appreciate more in the front seat mm. when your view is unobscured. Yeah. It's beautiful, this ride. And I would say the airtime moments, it's, it's, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Front yeah, it's and a back win-win. are both really good. Either you have to like, pop over the hills mm-hmm. or like, you have really being dragged over yeah. it. Like, yeah. You'll either, get, you'll either get really ferocious airtime as your train leads into these airtime hills before it starts to or on the way slow down, down or that whip-cracking sensation. Um, in the back seat. So for, for airtime wise, you can't lose. Um, it's just that where That's you good. feel your airtime is going to vary based on where you're seating. 
Um, it very well could feel uh, like a different in the middle and or, or some combination of the two um, to sit in the middle seats. Uh, we'll have to wait and we'll see. We'll find out. We'll find out eventually. It yeah, was a miracle that half, we got to ride in the front and the back, though. I, I can't believe I would still say the top hat, even though the front's really fun, there's like one quick moment where you pop. I would yeah. say that the back seat is better than the top hat because you have that entire drop. Yeah, you get the whole really drop worth of airtime. Yeah. Stall is better in the front yeah. because you see the stall. Because the stall, like I said, it's so fast, you don't really feel it. You yeah. know, it's like riding Enterprise. Like yeah. you're just being, you know, <laughs> positive G's to the max. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the only way to really appreciate it is to look at it and mm-hmm. like seeing that you're upside down, mm-hmm. which um, is the front row. And then you have that wave turn, which is really cool. Yeah, the it's wave, full of air. I would say the it's wave best turn is back. Oh, yeah, because you again whipped over it. Sometimes and then the whipping the, is just the too suspended intense. like S turny thing that's parallel to the stall. Back for is sure. also a backseat moment, and then the reprise of the wave turn. The, the ride's just full of airtime everywhere. It's hard to keep up. It's it's and though the roll is cool in the front from a view point, view I would say I like the better in the it's back. Ferocious the in the back. It, it really ragdolls you through that. And then the last, and then the approach into the brake run even a sharp is a great moment with lots of air. That's probably the best in the front. I'll admit. Yeah. So yeah, yep. a good balance. Like there's no mm-hmm. going wrong between front or back. I just think overall the back has a little. A little more kick to Back's it. a little scarier. The front's mm-hmm. a little more interesting from a from a visual standpoint. Um, but yeah, definitely, this is not one of those coasts where like you have to queue for the front to have the best time. Yeah. I don't necessarily believe that's the case. Yeah, especially ride. like we waited a half hour extra, I think, to to ride in the front, and just just because we'd already ridden, we were fortunate enough to get the back seat ride first. Yeah. So we're like, well, we we were literally telling uh, Sarah and Amber, we were like, well, we need to wait for the front because we're going to record a podcast about this later, <laughs> and we want to be able to compare because we know Sven's going to ask us if it's a front seat ride or a back yeah. seat ride, and we're going to do like a whole five minute dissertation on that. Well, here we are. Here we are. I can't guarantee <laughs> that for uh, Conda though, because it will be. I, I've I've posted the on our on ECK. Uh, like a teaser story of where we're going. And then the people that I saw that also said, oh, yeah, we're going too. And other pages where I've seen, I mean, so many fans are going. And uh, I think it's going to be fun to see everyone again because it's like the first yeah. day of the season for Belgium uh, mm-hmm. on Saturday. Uh, but before we go to Kanda, I still have questions about uh, Velocicoaster. Is there? I would say for your conda experience, nothing shall be impossible because the last thing we expected was to be able to request the front seat on mm-hmm. Velocicoaster uh, or the back seat for that matter, yeah. and they accommodated both of our requests. So, mm-hmm. fingers crossed. Well, we'll see. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, is there? So obviously, when you leave the ride, you need to collect back your bags. Is there any other yeah. uh, post scene? Uh, on the ride mm. there's or? not so, really well any... when you disembark that's when you get to the window that faces the paddock yeah. so when you leave you see other cars trains exiting, running you see and then you exit down the stairs to the lockers mm-hmm. and then you just exit back out into the main the discovery, discovery center, center is, is now new. has had new life breathed into it as the uh, exit shop and debriefing sequence for uh, Velocicoaster um, you get funneled into the shop, and then you take the staircase mm-hmm. back up to um, the the ground level for the upper. Mm. I mean, it really is amazing topographically how this ride is all set up because, like, you you go down a whole story um, to the waterfront, which to the, the waterfront to enter the ride. You climb a flight of stairs 
only to dispatch out of the station, and you're at ground level with the midway that passes along River Adventure. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of high differentiation in that area. It's, it's, um, this is like Florida's first true terrain coaster. Isn't that funny? Like, (laughs) (laughs) I guess I kind of always consider Kumba Mm. one. That's true. Yeah. I mean, Florida coasters have always had to bring their own terrain. BYOT, bring your own terrain. Bring your own terrain. Disney's like, you know, we don't have any mountains to work with, so we're going to build our own (laughs) and thread a coaster through it. Um, Space Mountain. (laughs) I just think it's neat how Velocicoaster, like the midways, the the split level of midway segments. Well, I think the greatest part of it is that everyone on the midway gets to enjoy the ride off ride. It's such a pretty ride off ride. It's just themed to be looked at. The whole thing is like meant to be like a viewing thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 ready for Instagram. (laughs) The static dinosaurs at first I thought, well, is it weird that none of the dinosaurs are moving? Not when you take pictures of them. Also, for a second, I mean, yes, it would have been fun if they did something because they're very static. Like, yeah. I'm not going to lie. There's enough time to look at them that you're yeah. like, oh, these are yeah, really effing static. static. They're standing there. But, but at the same time, like, they're also you outside. Go so fast, like, like, you kind of forget about it. Look, if you want, like, moving dinosaurs, high profile audio animatronics outside on a roller coaster, there's literally one right next door. Yeah. Haggard. So, so I guess or, the question is, is do you rate it higher than Tron? Well, okay, so we talked about this too, of course. Tron will always be our personal favorite. So we have for all my questions. You you have two pillars. You have the personal sentimental favorite pillar, and you have the objectively, objectively better best. pillar. Yeah. And yes, objectively, objectively this ride Velocicoaster beats the piss out of a lot of rides. Objectively, I find it hard to find anything about this ride that I would change. I mean, I, mean, I would like the story to be a little yeah, more explained. The but story, that's just me. Um, yeah, but. I, also, the rides in technical rehearsal. I like to think that by the time things are open and like a few rides on it, maybe uh, if they're using the upstairs queue with the Claire and Owen pre-show sequence up there, like piecing together the story, what of their of, of what story there is, it really doesn't concern itself too much with like an arc. It's more of a an environment, like a mood mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that you're submerging yourself in. Um, but like ride wise, like from from dispatch to disembark, like I I really struggle to find something that I would change. Which that's always like my judge of a ride is like how well does it fulfill its expectations? How well does it live up to its potential? I'm not gonna lie, I had really high expectations and I was blown out of the water. Yeah, and I, I almost was afraid to record this because I didn't want to sound like a fanboy. I don't like, want to be yeah, a woo girl, you know? We're like, oh but my god, like, it's the best roller coaster it's ever. It's like legit, really, really it's, good. Though. It's, <laughs> like it's really good ride. It was hard for. We, I think I feel like we were in shock. Like especially after our second ride, I was like, wow, like we really. I think after my first ride, I was like, wow, like they actually did it. Yeah, like, they actually I was like, pulled they, the shit they, off. Like they, they made. They did the damn thing. Because they could have gotten away with it being like more family friendly. They could have built us a Copperhead Strike type family and I would have launch looper, that. and and it would have been the thing where we came off the ride and we're like, wow, what a perfect fit! Like this is great for families. Blah blah blah. We came off of this thing thinking like, wow, this is gonna to- this, this is, is going to uh, traumatize some coaster. people. No, it really is. Is it the uh, best coaster in the U.S. for you guys? It's the best coaster in Florida. In the handily. U.S. Um. <laughs> He always do this. Episode. I know. So, what's the episode? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, that's a really that one we have to think about a little bit more. I, we we were asking ourselves. I mean, Kumba's it's hard between Kumba and like Mako and 
Because um, there's also Hagrid. Like, it was like, how is this Ragnar stack up? And frankly, we would be well, remiss. Well, in Florida, I think it's like, no doubt. Yeah, we were remiss to say but that there was But in the U.S., a- there's a couple other ones that kind of, like, I will say it's probably a top five. Because yeah. I think I threw five, Fury threw 25. X2. X2. Lightning Rod. Uh, maybe Lightning Rod. Outlaw Run, maybe. Like, there's definitely there's some There's a couple rides. good ones. Um, that that personal taste wise, it is I think in the top five in the US absolutely in the top five because mm-hmm. uh, I like my rides pretty ferocious. Yeah. I'm really a big fan of I three and there's definitely we talked about a lot of the Intamins in the country. I think it might be the best Intamin. I will say it's the best in the country. country. Yes, um, I will, I will if go. not the world. I'm trying to think of all my Intamins now. It's they've got a lot. It's hard for mm. me to gather them all in like one space. In I'm my like mind. pretty confident Furious Baco is better though. <laughs> 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 Maybe the launch. Oh my god! You're no, just, I'm kidding. Just putting your head in the blender, right? <laughs> yeah, but turning um, into but wine. Like, yeah, Sean. I like what I love about this ride is it takes it all the way to the very highest threshold of intensity, right below the part where it starts to hurt. And there's rides like Sky Rush that uh, feel really taxing on your body. Or I three hundred five, even X two. I know a lot of people who just don't feel like taking that kind of abuse uh, more than, like, once a visit. Mm. Um, <laughs> so Velocicoaster has intensity that that just hits that threshold right before you start thinking about bodily harm. Nine is fine. And if you're going to feel Nine this in the, ne- like the, in the next day, like, oh, am I going to hurt tomorrow because of this roller coaster? So um, <laughs> that's that. I think that was best-case scenario. And for that reason, I feel that it's my favorite Intamin that I've been on that I know of, unless I'm... We're giving such complicated answers. Over, I was just realized, so I was like, is this the best in the U.S.? And we're listen. like, listen. <laughs> we have, yeah, we've been I'm already scared for the podcast next week, because... But yeah, I would take it over right. Maverick. I would take it over Skyrush. I would take it over I-305. I, mean, I would take it over any Intamin. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like legit so good. That unless I'm just ob- unless is. I'm like overlooking something obvious, but I just really don't think so. No, because they went with length. Like, my thing is always length. Like it's always mm-hmm. length. If a ride's not lengthy, highly like, substantial, eh, you know. Ride. But like it's really long. Mm-hmm. It's like people are, really are going to be waiting but... in line for this for hours and are still I mean, going to feel satisfied. It's pretty niche, so I have a I have a suspicion oh, yeah, I guess that maybe it's going to be, be yeah. putting people through pretty quick. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, but overall, yeah, uh, I'd give it a ten, and it's a it's greater than the sum of its parts, and the parts are pretty spectacular. So, um, this is a runaway success for Universal. I can't believe they did this, and I'm, I knew that they were capable. I just didn't think they necessarily would have the audacity, <laughs> but they did, and here we are. And I think people were really liking it. So. Mm. I'm curious to see how reviews pile up over the next few months. Mm-hmm. And how see it if we ages. don't have another review podcast. Yeah, and how it ages. Because at the end of the day, it is Intamin. It is an <laughs> and yeah. Intamins just don't age yeah. well. I feel like any of them. Yeah. Well, so far, Taran isn't doing that bad. But it's only because it's, it's kind of slow. I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm messing. Because Tauron doesn't operate 365. No, we did realize because mm-hmm. I was talking about like, wow, when we wrote Tauron, like you know, in the morning, it was slow. It got to oh yeah. Up. But then we realized, but the steel is always like burning hot. Well, in Florida, we got always up, so we, stupid hot. We out. walked out the door this morning. It was hot as shit. <laughs> at eight in the morning. I was like, okay. so like, of course, Moscow like, <laughs> doesn't have to warm up. It's already warmed up, yeah. like always. So, yeah. Okay. Well. I guess we'll see articles coming from the ride, not only maybe a review, but also 
in the new rankings for 2021. And yeah. after doing some other rides, you'll see, uh, after doing some night rides, you'll see where mm-hmm. eventually you'll place it in your personal yeah, yeah we're gonna wait a few uh we're gonna wait a few weeks with or maybe a couple at least a week yeah. with bringing out any sort of report because so many people have already gone and done the we whole, didn't even like, bring our camera pictures for this. and we stuff. just figured that we, also we were tired we so mm-hmm. what we're gonna do is this is like you know we're gonna have this podcast, podcast episode and then we're niche. gonna weave in philosophy coaster in like a different direction like comparing it to other coasters yeah. i don't really want to do the whole like queue walkthrough thing yeah mm-hmm. so you're not gonna see that from us because everyone's done it. Everyone's doing it. But mm-hmm. we're definitely going to be speaking of philosophy codes for weeks to come. That's yeah. for sure. Yep. Okay, cool. Well, Absolutely. next week, another Interman coming up. Conda. I can't wait. I'm, I'm super so, excited. I think Conda is the best looking roller coaster in You the know what world. I would hope and hope <laughs> this year? I hope Pantheon opens this year. Maybe we can do like a third episode. Mm. We yeah. can fly out and ride Pantheon. That'd Pantheon be cool. versus Velocicoaster. But like, I have no trust in yeah, Park I'm interested in that one too because it's coming to Bacastix yeah. as well. So yeah. yeah. Oh my god, that's gonna be so great. It's the uh, age of oh Intamin. Always. Yeah. <laughs> it's always Intamin. Age never Intamin. dies. It's like COVID is over. Here's Intamin. COVID it's is the over. Cure. Intamin. Yeah. Exactly. Intamin cures COVID. 2021. I'll gladly inject yeah. in my arm. <laughs> Intimate vaccines. Uh, it's a weird flex. Yeah, all right. That's all right. <laughs> We're tired. I think we need another nap. Awesome. Um, with that being said, <laughs> you can probably figure where we're headed. Uh, After yeah. every episode. We're going to Disney World. We're going probably. to Disney World for a couple so hours. Continue to decompress. Get some steps in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's our whole thing now. It's like, get our steps. It's yeah. more fun at Disney. Gotta exercise. So, um... All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Sven, Sven for, thank you for indulging us. us and asking yes. us all the questions. And we look forward to doing it in return mm-hmm. soon after mm-hmm. Conda. Mm-hmm. And for everyone listening at home, welcome back to second part of season three. <laughs> Hoping to not let you guys leave you guys on red yeah. for, uh, <laughs> for the next couple of, of mm-hmm. weeks. So thank you guys for listening. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Bye. Bye. Bye.